Welcome to another episode of the Digital Marketer Podcast. This is Hector Santhi Esteban. I am the producer of this show, and I'm so excited to bring today's interview to you because I wasn't even sure that you guys were or anybody was going to get a chance to listen to this. This is a interview with Marie Forleo. And if you don't know who Marie Forleo is, I'll get into her background and bio in just a bit. But I'd imagine that most of you guys are familiar with her. And she was actually a guest at TNC this past year. And we just got hold, literally in the last couple of days, just got a hold of these recordings and we got the go to release it for you. And this is going to be a digital marketer podcast exclusive. There are people who paid hundreds of dollars to be able to have access to this interview. And we're bringing this to you for free. Now, Marie Forleo, she is a number one New York Times bestseller. She was named by Oprah, the thought leader for the next generation. She has her own show, her own podcast, and she is just a social phenomenon, really. I remember being in the room for this talk and just feeling how powerful this message was because she really got into some deep stuff. She talked about her family, her background, how it impacted her as a business owner, when what she really talked about was how you can turn you into a business. And she talked about how to take all of the unique things about you and to turn that into a brand and a business. And it's a great interview. This interview was done on the main stage at TNC and was conducted by Marcus Murphy, who's a former member of the DM team. It covers a wide range of topics, which I know is going to apply to every digital marketer out there. So make sure you take a ton of notes, have a ton of fun. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a rating wherever you listen to shows. Be sure to hit that follow button so you can stay updated when new episodes come out. And if there's someone else who is looking to get going on their digital marketing journey, or maybe they're looking to take their business to the next level and you know they could benefit from this, share the show with them and let's grow the DM community together. So stay tuned. We're going to get into the interview with Marie Forleo right after this quick break. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. If you're in this room, hey, uh, give me a big woo if you heard of Marie Forleo before. Woo! Okay. I'm glad we're in the right spot. Well, let me tell you something. You might know. You might have known her from being a best-selling author. You might have known her from having 68,000 students in the B school in 148 countries. You might know her story of coming from being like a, a cocktail waitress and all that stuff to being a multimillionaire. You might know that she also, also not only is this a mega unbelievable marketer and businesswoman, but guess what else she is? A hip hop dancer. What? What? what, what where, where you want me to dance? Yeah, I want okay. you to dance. Okay, okay, I got it. But I'll tell you what, 
today's going to be special because we get to sit down. I get to sit down with a friend and talk to her about her brand, building it, her teams. We're going to have a really intimate conversation. So can you do me a favor and bring so much energy while I bring up my good friend, Marie Forleo. All right, where's the DJ? There you are. You are doing such an amazing job. I'm bopping back there. The music is tight. How are you guys feeling? Oh, my God. Okay, so, Marcus, Mm -hmm. I know it's like this is your show, but I just have to say, I've been telling the whole TNC team this. How happy are you all that they pulled this off and got it together? Can we just give them a hand? I mean, this is such a wild time. Yeah. And you guys worked so hard. Yeah. And so everyone's here. So anyway, I'm just really honored and thankful to be here. And it's so nice to see everyone's You know, we really pulled it through because this is the only year we could get Marie to actually speak. So, um, you know, Ryan was like, you know, this is not a good time, Marie, but we're going to make it happen. So (laughs) let's do it right now is the time. (laughs) You know, I, I'm first of all, just thankful. I've, I've always had such a great friendship, relationship. I've listened, watched your entire career, been a fan first before a friend. And I'll tell you that what is nice about these moments with people out here is that they just get to kind of not see the person on Instagram and Wikipedia and all that stuff and, in the, and get like a real take on how you built this thing and the real you, right? In a big way. Yes. So I'm very excited. Okay. So I've got questions and they're great because I wrote them. Because he's and great. I, I, told, I told you, and I, I sent it to her team. They said yes, and you can't ask that, uh, which is good. So here's the thing. I think to mere mortals, I want to know how you describe yourself. And the reason why I said that is because I think you might have a really interesting take on an entrepreneurial identity, and I really would love to know what that is. Yes. Okay, so here is the truth. When I first started out and when I first started my business, that was the question that plagued me. I don't know if anyone here can relate to when someone asks you what you do for a living and you're just horrible at the answer. Is anyone? So I've continued to be horrible at the answer and I just play with different ways depending on the human who's in front of me. So let me give you an example. Uh, I was with my director of operations and we were on a little bit of a team retreat and we were in a little shuttle bus being taken from the hotel to another location. And the gentleman who was driving the shuttle bus, he's like, oh, wow, are you guys here for business or pleasure? And we're like, well, a little bit of both, but mostly business. Okay, whose company do you work for? My own. What do you do? And I said, well, do you want to have an amazing life where you're really passionate about what you do and you're making great money and you're actually feeling good on a regular basis and you feel great in your body and you're actually making a difference? And he's like, well, yeah. And I said, well, that's what I do. I help people achieve all those things. And it was amazing. And I just said, here's my you know, Instagram thing and here's the website and you should come sign up for the newsletter because you know I'm always pushing that email marketing, even still. <laughs> and so depending on the human that's in front of me, I never have one good society-approved answer. Because I've often called myself a multi-passionate entrepreneur, Mm. that was like this little phrase that really helped me in the beginning because I was a coach. I was also really passionate about digital marketing. I was passionate about writing. I was passionate about hip-hop and dance and fitness and all of these things. And I just didn't fit into one neat little societal box. So multi-passionate entrepreneur is sometimes the way that I'll say, oh, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And either someone will roll their eyes and go, she's crazy and I'm not going to talk with her. 
Or they get really excited and they say, well, what's that? And then, depending on the human in front of me, I get to talk about, oh, well, I'm working on this new book called Everything is Figureoutable. Or, oh, well, I'm working on this new program. It's called Time Genius or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's how I do it. It's not a really good, solid formula, but I just try and connect into the human that's in front of me and have a little bit of fun. Right. You know, it's actually interesting because the majority of people want us to simplify that answer. That sounded simple, but also complex at the same time. But also dynamic and fun, Yeah. right? Because I think sometimes when people are asking that question, you know, obviously if I'm uh, going on the Today Show or I'm going someplace where I kind of need to whittle that down, we'll give people what is necessary to have the proper framing and positioning that we want. But I think in human interaction, if you're at a restaurant or you're at a networking event or you're at a party, I think that there is something deeper that we're all craving, especially given the time that we're in. Like we want to connect and to be able to have a minute and to look into somebody's eyes or to feel their energy and be able to respond dynamically, I don't know, I think it makes us better business people and just better humans. So good. Whenever I go on the Today Show, I typically do it the same way. <laughs> so it's really good. <laughs> yes, you do, Marcus. Yes, you do. Um, so here's the deal. So you're everywhere. I think you're prolific. You're especially in like your social presence, right? And I really wanna know, cause this is obviously more of a technical question, but I actually think that I wanna know the playbook behind that and then like who's involved in that. And yeah. it seems like there must be a lot going on. Okay, so this is the honest truth. I think I'm horrible at the social stuff. <laughs> I So my team, I will also tell them like, I'm basically, you guys, I'm the reluctant influencer because it is really hard to get me to turn a camera on myself if it's outside of me doing something where I know I'm delivering value to the people. So the world of social is like, okay, well, what are you having for breakfast? I'm like, who cares what I'm having for breakfast? I don't think, I don't care. Um, so the playbook goes like this, over time, the team, and they're not big, we've had you know fluctuations here and there, but they'll basically, they have trained me, anytime I can remember to take out my phone and take a picture of something, that I can just take it and send it to them so they can keep creating a bank. One of the things that I've done, again, because I don't like taking pictures of myself, I'm like, who cares? Um, whenever I go on vacation, do you guys know about a company called Flytographer? Has anyone heard of them? Okay, so I wanna turn you on to something that's awesome. Every business person should know about it and you can know about it for your personal life or for your business life. So go to flytographer.com. If you ever go away on a trip, you can hire them. They will take the most amazing photos of you and or your family or just of yourself. I did it for my birthday once. And then you have this whole bank of photos that you can use in a myriad of different ways and you don't have to take them yourself. That's amazing. Do they go with you or they meet you? They or meet something? you at any location around the world. It's an awesome company out of Canada, woman-run company. They are fantastic. Um, and they've actually pivoted a little because of COVID and because there hasn't been enough travel. They actually created a new business service where you can just hire them as a business person and get some candid shots. So in terms of the other social stuff, I like to reuse and repurpose. Like one of the things I realized, a big mistake I was making, because I've been doing this for 20 years, right? So creating content consistently, doing um, Marie TV for over a decade. I realized a big mistake I was making was we would put all this energy in Marie TV episodes, right? And I'm always like, okay, well, we need a new episode. Well, we need a new episode. We need a new episode. And I'm like, but wait a minute. What about all the good stuff I created like five or six years ago, right? Or two years ago or even two months ago. So what we started doing is working with more freelance video editors 
because there are so many good ones out there right now, to go back through our old content. So whether it's a straight to camera Marie TV episode or an interview that we've done, or even an interview I've done for somebody else and have this little team of editors cut social clips of a few seconds, 15 to 30 seconds, of a bit of information that can be inspiring to someone. Maybe they forgot about that particular episode, or maybe just that little nugget could brighten someone's day. Does that make sense? So it's about taking all of that incredible work that you have probably done for all of your content and reusing it, recycling it in a very purposeful way so that not only can it make more of a difference, but that this whole back library that you have can keep serving your business, but more importantly, keep inspiring your audience to get the results that they want. So that's awesome. And you have 20 years of content. So let's, Louis, I want to ask the opposite side. Anybody else like me that just kind of like is inconsistent in their content? Anybody? Yeah, okay, a few of us. You, for a very long time, can you tell me about the time where it was like you got up and did that every day, but it didn't feel like you were making the impact? Like, how, yes. how do you keep going and what's so important about that persistence there? Okay, so taking it back old school, right? Started creating content and doing email marketing back in the year 2000 slash 2001. Because when I was training as a coach, one of the things that they drilled in from a teaching perspective was like, hey, you want to be the best coach in the world that you possibly can be, right? So you want to develop that craft, those listening skills, the empathy, the ability to help people create real transformation in their lives. That's wonderful. But if you really want to make the impact that you know you can make, you have to master business and marketing, because you can be the best coach in the world, but ain't nobody going to know about it unless you get this thing right. And for whatever reason, Marcus, that stuck in my head. And the other thing that stuck in my head was the fact that I was super insecure. Because I was about 23 when I started, and I believed that big part of my brain um, that said, you're not old enough to have anything of value to share who are you to ask people to give you money for your advice? You, you, you know, barely even lived life yet. Who are you? I had to discipline myself to focus on giving and being consistent with that. Otherwise, the self-doubt would have crushed me. That's amazing. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, because this is a heavy-weighted question I have next. Yes. So it's like, it's like yeah, we're going to transition from the 23-year-old Marie who is creating content and all those things. Yes, I love that. So here's the thing. I want to know the single biggest, single biggest nugget you can give marketers right now who are trying to succeed, whether that's marketing their brand or somebody that they work for's brand. Okay. So I love marketing so much. It is a lifelong passion. I think the most important thing that you can do and continue to do as a marketer is keep refining, choosing who your customer is choosing who your customer is. Because I feel like as business owners, sometimes we forget that that's a choice, right? We think that the customers that we have or the people that we've attracted, well, that must be who's out there. The people that maybe aren't that respectful of you, that don't want to necessarily pay the prices that would allow you to have a profitable business, to build your team, to be able to pay for advertising, to have the margins to do all of that. Is any of this resonating? 
So I want you to remember that part of the reason that you are an entrepreneur is that you get to choose your customers. So choose them wisely. So whether you are marketing your own products or services mm -hmm. or you're marketing a product or something for someone else, really dial in on who are our ideal customers. This is something we talk a lot about in B-School. And I always want to like take a big highlighter and circle it and throw confetti at it and make it glow because that ideal piece is like, but wait, but what if my ideal customers can't afford your, my product or service? I'm like, then they're not your freaking ideal customers. <laughs> that disqualifies them, in my opinion, if you'd like to have a for-profit business. Now, here's the cool thing about that is when you choose the folks who, again, are going to respect what you do, get excited about what you do, be able to afford what you do, even if it's a little bit of a stretch, those really beautiful profit margins all of a sudden allow you to be of service to an even wider market that may not be able to ever afford your products or your services. And you can all of a sudden start to engage with people and create impact in ways that you would have never been able to do before. Does that make sense? So I think the single biggest thing, and it goes down to that foundation piece, because there's always going to be algorithms that change. You know, we just heard from Perry a little while ago, which I'm really fascinated by. You know, there's copywriting AI, right? There's all of these different platforms and things that sit on top. But if you don't have that who connection and you're not so dialed in on who you're trying to reach, all that stuff doesn't matter. Everything else seems to fall flat. So that would be my answer. Gosh, that's a, is that a good answer? Can I get a round of applause on a good answer? Just making sure you are alive out there. I was sitting here going, amen. <laughs> and oh I'll my. Thank yes. you. Yes. And I, I do want to say this too, depending on how long you've been in business, it's a little easy for that to get muddy over time, right? Because as you're going, you're like, okay, so I've got some traction and we can attract more people and there's more people that can be my ideal customer. But I've seen this now with the perspective of 20 years, you want to actually keep refining, keep refining, keep coming back to the basics because I've seen it in my own company and I've seen it certainly with other people. When you start going too wide and things get too complex, they start to get vanilla. They start to get forgettable. They start to get not so fun and things start to grind to a halt. And you're like, what's wrong? I thought we were growing. I thought, and it's like going too broad. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. It's funny because I think that those are the things I wish I would have heard a long time ago or had it have the courage to fire a client. Yes. That sounds weird to say. Yes. But you know what? It's, it comes back to that thing of why are we entrepreneurs in the first place? Because we crave freedom. Anyone else? Every kind of freedom, financial freedom, time freedom, emotional freedom, and the freedom to not every minute of every day, it's not going to be all rainbows and unicorns and, you know, skipping around in Davies and doing cartwheels. We know that. But most of the time, we want our business to be engaging with customers and clients that really respect us, that we respect them. And when someone shows up and they don't respect you or your team, you have to let them go because that's not freedom. It's the Good. opposite. Love it. So you have an incredible personal brand. You do. I feel like it, it, it is you. Like every time that we, you see you, on, when I watch your videos or something, I'm like, oh, this actually is you. This is fantastic. My question is, though, for a lot of these people out here have been told, like, they need to be the brand. And then also, is there any difference between, like, product brand and personal brand? And do you ever wish that you weren't the product? Okay. So let's go reverse and we're going we're gonna to reverse order on that. I don't ever wish that I wasn't the brand because I have recognized at this point, this is the unique, 
incarnation of this spirit in this particular lifetime. Do you know what I mean? I can't not be me. And so I don't crave anything else. That's just the truth. Um, now, in terms of businesses, a lot of times folks will be like, well, what if I'm not like you? And I'm like, you, ain't nobody like me, ain't nobody like you. Everyone is so unique and that's what makes each person beautiful. I do think that in business, even if you're selling a product under a particular brand, I believe now and in the future, people want to do business with other humans. So you don't have to have an outsized personality. Right. You don't have to necessarily be an extrovert. But I think the more humanity, the more personality can be embedded and expressed, no matter what product or service you're selling, you're going to do better over the long term. Why? Because humans like to do business with other humans. Mm. And the more technology continues to proliferate every single area of our life and creates these levels of disconnection. I mean, I just went into the CVS the other day, right? And I'm happy to be there. I'm just getting some water, getting a few beauty things, and I'm ready to check out. And I'm legitimately excited just to be with a cashier. And there were none. And it was a self-checkout. And that's awesome. That's cool. But I feel like that is where our world is going in many ways. Does anyone else notice that? So the more you as a business person adds a level of humanity to your business, even if the name of your product or service is not your name, but you're like, hey, here's me, the CEO, and here's why I believe in this. Here's our director of community. Here's this, that, and the other thing. Those layers, even though they don't, you don't necessarily have to be doing stuff on YouTube like I do wearing wigs or doing dances, <laughs> your heart who you are as a person is going to sell so much more than any graphic design, than any fancy technology, than any, anything you can slap on top of your heart. Your heart is the strongest thing that you have in your business. Don't ever, ever hide it. You know, it's crazy when the biggest advantage in 2021 is being more human. Um, and it's also interesting because we have this conversation all the time. It's like, okay, I, I know that I'm going to go out and eat. Some people will say email's dead. Or they'll say the phone is dead. And I go, I think the people connected to it might be, right? So that human element that you talk about, it seems like it's so overlooked. But like, how do you put more humanity in some of your marketing? What does that actually look like tactically? So I think it comes down to one of the things that I, I try and instill in anyone who comes through our trainings. It's a really simple idea, and it's called the friend filter. Now, this may not be appropriate for every business, but I think that it can be used to some degree, right? It's just like on a continuum. So for us in our business, the friend filter is very literal. So when I'm writing copy, it is like, and I have folks that are on my list and they know me, yep. but they're like, I thought that email was from you to me, but then I realized I went to the bottom and it was actually, you know, one of your broadcasts and they weren't mad at it, but that's how I write and how our team writes so that it feels very connected because it is. So I'd say using the friend filter is something in, and communication is really everything. I also think using your intuition and how your marketing feels and how it comes across. So even if you have other people working on your copywriting, other people working on your design, other people working on any aspect of your messaging, if it comes back and it doesn't feel right to you, don't use it. Tweak it. Make it so if you received that as a client or as a customer, it would leave you feeling great. And if it doesn't have that kind of essence, that emotional tenor, that texture, don't use it. 
So good. And you know, it's interesting. Everybody here is kind of in a different phase yep. of their brand journey because obviously I've said you have a great brand, but there are some people here that are early in the journey. Yes. And I kind of want to know words of wisdom, sage advice for what they may want to focus on early on, but then also what they should completely avoid like the plague. I think what you should avoid like the plague to a certain degree when you're first starting out is trying to be everywhere and be everything to everyone. So I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth for a minute here. In the beginning, there's a certain amount of wisdom and necessity that comes from getting messy, right? From trying different things. One of my favorite mantras that I live my life by is clarity comes from engagement, not thought. So you can sit on your couch all day and think about, well, would I be great on Instagram? Would I be great on TikTok? Would I be good on YouTube? Would I be good podcasting? And you're not really going to know unless you roll up your sleeves, you get in there and you just test a little bit. Then you're going to feel whether or not you like that particular medium, that particular platform, or whatever it is that you're thinking about exploring. Now, that said, I think that's wholesale different than trying to be amazing on TikTok, amazing on Instagram, amazing on YouTube, and a podcast, and email marketing, and this, and that, and partnerships. Do you get what I'm talking about? So I have the advantage of having started when the only thing that you could really do was email marketing. Social media did not exist. So you could blog and you could send emails. There wasn't even really an opportunity to do videos because that was too advanced and the platforms didn't really exist at that time. Now I think if you're at the beginning of your journey, it's very tempting, especially when you're in this world because you're here to learn. That makes you an incredible person. Learners are earners. But the downside is that you're getting exposed to all of these different strategies and a bunch of different very persuasive people telling you that their way is the way. Anybody relate to that? You're like, oh my God, it's like drinking water out of a fire hose. How the hell am I ever going to even sell my products or services when I'm going to be marketing for the next 20 years just to catch up to what everyone was doing yesterday? So, this, <laughs> I'm like tired. I was like, oh, okay. you, right? I mean, I get tired sometimes looking around like all the shit that people are telling everybody to do. Like, I'm exhausted. And I'm just witnessing it. There are a hundred sessions here, Marie, at Traffic and Convergence. <laughs> But this is why it's even more important at the beginning of your journey to like witness, to absorb, and then trust your body and your intuition around what feels like it could be a match for your strengths and your skills. Mm. Because there's a lot of great things out there that could work and they might work and they may be extremely valid for the person who's trying to sell you on them. But what you have to match up with is what is the channel, the methodology, the possibility that really aligns with your gifts, your skills, and here's the big one, your willingness to do the work in that platform consistently over time. So for me, just to give some context, before I really got like the online part of my business ramping up, I was doing a lot of work in dance and fitness. And one of the things that I was doing was making fitness videos and I loved it. So I love teaching hip hop. I love teaching dance in live environments. I traveled all around the world. I was a Nike elite athlete. And I also made these fitness videos where I started to understand I like teaching on camera. It was really a fun medium for me to be able to play with all of these different things. So that was my clue when video became more of a thing and YouTube was like, oh, this is available. I was like, oh, right? This is a skill set that I can transfer over. And I want to understand how this works and get good at it over time. Podcasting is awesome and it's huge, but I'm still video focused because that's my unique gift. 
Does that make sense? So clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Give yourself an opportunity to try things out to see if you actually like it. Is it getting results? Does it feel good? But if it doesn't, please don't force yourself to do something that everybody says works because it doesn't fucking matter. Mm. Tons of stuff works if you work it. I would rather see you choose one or two channels and dominate it, become amazing at it, actually have the time to get really good and consistent at it, then try and be 15 places and you're exhausted and you quit and you go like, they all sold me a sack of shit because it's, I can't do it. Too blunt or is that okay? Clap yeah? if that was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. They like yes. it. And yeah. By, yeah so, okay. Go for it, Mark. No, no, you go. Um, another thing, this is, again, I use mantras because, so technically I have ADHD, so my brain goes in a million different places and it's hard to keep me focused. So mantras are one of the things that I use to keep myself on track. So a little mantra that I've used around the consistency piece is success comes from what, not from what you do occasionally, it comes from what you do consistently. So I repeat that to myself over and over. So once I've chosen the kind of places where I want to play and dominate, it's like consistency, consistency, consistency. So you can make it be your superpower. It's been one of mine. That's awesome. And you know, it's really funny. I feel like every time you hear those little nuggets from people, the best thing in the world is write that on a post-it note and stick it on your computer or your mirror or something, because I feel like we'll hear this stuff like we do all week long and then we'll just kind of let it go away. But it seems like if it's in front of your face, people are going to remember it, which is great. Um, you know, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm going to also kind of lead it. It's like a question. I'm not going to let you answer it, which is rude. And then I'm going like, to lead into it. Okay. So I really want to know on the brand side for people, like what really is like a, what are differentiators, right? Like what are the things that they can do to stand out? It's a crazy, but everybody's starting a company. Everybody's got a brand, but I also kind of want to lead it because, you know, one thing I love about your website, you have a section that says like, this is how we roll, right? And I will say this because I want to know the importance. It's their mission. It's their values uh, that, that they put out that guide their business. Is that a big differentiator? Because I'll tell you, I, I didn't do that till way later in the business. Yes. And I want to know, like, how early that was adopted. Does it drive what you guys do? Is it, is it something that really sets you apart as a brand? Okay, so I did not have any of that when I first started. And I remember trying to like do the right things when I was starting the business and have the mission and have the vision. I was so insecure and so overwhelmed and so freaking confused. So for me, that did not happen until later. If you're one of these incredible humans who is able to nail that stuff and it feels right and you got it and you're like, bam, I'm going, then God bless you. You're amazing. But for me, probably it didn't come start to get clear until at least like seven or eight years down the, down the road. I'm a little bit slow in my uptake. So if you want to see what we do, I actually think it's a very, a lot of people respond to that particular copy. If you mm -hmm. just Google Marie Forleo, how we roll, you'll probably come upon that page. And for me, I had to write it back in 2015 because the brand had grown to such a level where um, there was just a lot of misunderstanding. You know, like people had idea, of course, you're online. People have ideas about you that have no connection to you as a human being whatsoever. They're making all these assumptions about how you are, how you think, what your business is. And I remember people just being really confused because at that time they're like, well, how do you make money? And at that particular moment, we only sold B-School once a year. So there's like all this free yeah. stuff. And they're like, what the hell is she doing to make money? So I was like, I should tell the people how we make Make money. So we wrote this whole thing about how we roll, but it became really inspiring for me because I wanted to use it as another filter to attract ideal customers. It was a way for me to state what we're up to, 
how much I love marketing, how I am not going to apologize for marketing the products and the services that we have that I know in my heart for the right people can completely transform their lives. I didn't want to attract people that were only like, well, I only want the free stuff. I'm like, no, no. So the mission and the values, it was also a recruiting tool because I wanted to write a set of ideas about how we operate as a business so that if people were thinking of joining our team, if they didn't agree with any of that, it would be a filter that would repel them. Does that make sense? So it was both an attractant for ideal customers, a repeller for non-ideal customers, an attractor for ideal employees, a repellent for non-ideal employees. But coming back to your question about brand differentiators, I think there's many different ways that you can crack this nut. I think it comes back to knowing thyself. And how do you want your company, what do you want your competitive edge to be? So for my company, you know, there's a lot of people that teach about business and personal development, but no one has my essence of fun and weirdness <laughs> in quite the same way I do. So I'm never going to hide that. Other people might want to dominate when it comes to price. Other people might want to, you know, depending on the company, it might be about safety. It might be about family. It might be about some other value, being always on the cutting edge. Like when I think about Digital Marketer, one of the things I love about this particular brand is they're always looking at what's on the leading edge of digital marketing right now, right? And bringing you the freshest, newest stuff. What are people experimenting with? What's working across all these different categories? So for me, that feels like a leading edge of what makes Digital Marketer so great. So it's about about knowing thyself and not trying to latch on to what somebody else's brand differentiator is and going all in on what makes you uniquely you. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day -day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. I wanna pay you a compliment because, um, you know, I think that a lot of times we see people that build these skyscrapers of businesses, right? And they're on the Today Show, and they're on all these things, and they're on Tony's stage, they're doing all this different stuff, right? And I think a lot of times we forget the slog of building a skyscraper and the fact that the majority of building a skyscraper is actually done under the surface, right? It's at years of not actually doing that before the overnight success happens, which doesn't exist, right? So what are some ways and things that you put in that 
like, where's the humility come from? Because you're an incredibly approachable person, and I know all of this. I would love, like, what are the things that you do to ground that in? And I just want to hear kind of if there's intentionality there. I mean, this is the God's honest truth. Every, nobody's shit doesn't stink. Do you, do you know what I mean? It just is the truth. This is the moment. This was it's, the thing that makes it relatable. It's just like everyone's so human. I am so far from perfect. I'm an incredibly hard worker. I just want to take care and like serve people. And I just, you know, the older I get, the more I recognize how much I have to learn. Hmm. And I'm excited about that. And when I look around, you know, an audience like this, like I get really excited because y'all are my people, like you're lifelong learners. You're excited about building something. You're trying something new. You're taking risks. And I just have so much admiration and respect for anyone who enters the game of entrepreneurship or who is playing in this space because there's so many people that don't, for whatever reason, have the courage to go out on their own. And it takes a lot. So mm. for me, the groundedness and the humility is like a real emotional understanding of how hard it is, first of all, to be a human in this world right now, but second of all, how hard it is to create and build something in this climate, in this environment, when there's so many forces always trying to knock you down, always trying to take you off the peg, always trying to divide people, always trying to pit people against each other. I hate that shit. I hate it so much. So I think for me, the thing about the humility is knowing I am no better than anyone else on this planet, but I'm also no worse. And I just, I want to connect with people and I want to see them win. That's the motivation for me of why I do everything. Like I get the biggest charge out of watching other people win. Thank you for sharing that. Can you get a, can I get a round of applause for that? That's fantastic. It's the reason why we love you. Okay. Um, so you're clearly successful, uh, which is good. No, really. I am. <laughs> I know. I know. And I've had, I've been so fortunate to interview and be around some of the most successful people on the planet. And I'm so great. But one thing I know about most really successful people is that they tend to see things or pay attention to things that most people miss. So what are some of the trends right now? Some of the things you're seeing that people either ignored or they might have missed? I think we're at a really unique time. I think there is actually um, just a handful of trends that we should be aware of, especially when it comes to our messaging and our marketing. So no matter what your product or your service is, you're going to have a core message. You're going to have a way that you present it to the world. You're going to have a way that you make offers. But you also want to be able to massage that message and that marketing and the emotional tonality to the times, right? You want to be in line with what's happening and be sensitive to what people are going through. So the first thing I want to talk about is just the fact that globally, it's kind of like a tiramisu of stress. It's a tiramisu of crises. It keeps coming. So between political crises, between climate change crises, between a pandemic, right? It's been stacking for a while. And the folks in this room, you guys are some of the most resilient. First of all, you're here. You're here, which is amazing. Yes, give yourselves a round of applause. You made it here. But it's like, how many people in here has, have been just a little bit more tired or exhausted lately than usual? Anybody? Yeah, and felt a little bit of additional level of stress or emotional, just like, holy fuck, what's happening? <laughs> right? Just from time to time, maybe. <laughs> so that's a trend that I think we really have to pay attention to because we're extremely optimistic people. We're strong. We want to go, go, go. But many folks in our audience, and including us, we have to include that other piece that it's really hard right now. The second trend, and I think this is 
coming to a head with the proliferation of technology and how it's been going for, I'd say, the past decade, I think individually people are more overwhelmed and burnt out and feel scattered than ever before. The inability to focus, the distraction is on another level people feeling so incredibly disconnected. So the overwhelm and the burnout, I think, is at an all-time high. And a lot of people, um, especially people that have been in business for a while, are losing their passion. Yep. They're going like, why the hell am I still doing this? Again, there's kind of the tiramisu, right? The global things happening, then the personal things happening. And then I think um, another trend is really people using those two things that are happening before to say, this is a moment that I want things to change. This is a moment that I want things to change. So that, I think, is something you can use in your marketing in a really effective way because a lot of folks around the world right now, they want things to be different, mm. whether they want to change their work-life balance, whatever that thing is. I think there's starting to be a mainstream, and I'm very happy about this, pushback against hustle culture, which I believe is toxic when it's 24-7. There is a time to push it, there is a time to go for it. There is a time to crank. But human beings are not computers. We are not meant to work 24-7, 365 for decades on end. You will destroy your family. You will destroy your health. You will destroy the very mission that you started this business for in the first place. And you will wake up one day not recognizing why the hell you're doing something. You might have a big bank account, but everything else will be bankrupt. So. Yep. Yeah, right. no, I mean, it's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I feel like a lot of us have been on that verge. And I feel like it's funny because I, you ever, you have a, do you have pets? Do you have a dog? I do. So you ever see what they, they hear like someone coming to the door before and then they're like that, that, that's how I feel like we're all like that, like that, that before they even bark. That's how it feels right now. Yeah. yeah it's on the edge. And, and I think that, so paying attention to those things for your marketing, for your messaging, and even for your offers, can you simplify them? Can you shorten them? Can you take into account how exhausted people are? How so many people feel unbelievably lost, insecure, like they don't know what's going to happen. The safety and security that they thought they'd had is not there. So I think all of those kind of the confluence, the kind of tiramisu, if you can build that into your messaging, um, I think it'll make a big difference. Is that also incredibly like empathetic for you as well? Like when you, when you write your marketing message, when you start to think about it and the current state of the way things are happening, um, you know, you're, you've always been really good at not being tone deaf in it and with video and those types of things. Is that very intentional with the team? Are you guys talking about it constantly? Oh, constantly. So let me give you a real life example of how we did this. So I've been feeling this for a while. And um, this is something actually, you know, 2020, my goodness, what a dumpster fire of a year, right? So that was crazy. At the end of that year, um, I was actually talking on the phone with my best friend. It was a FaceTime short story. Do we have time for this? Oh, yes. Um, talking on the phone with my best friend and I had a pain in my stomach and I was like, ow. And she's like, what was that? Now you have to get my best friend um, lives with stage four cancer. Okay. So she knows when something's up, she knows. And she said, Marie, why did you just wince? And I was like, oh, I probably just ate too much popcorn last night. There's like a little pain in my stomach. I'm fine. And she's like, no, this isn't okay. You need to go get an ultrasound. I'm like, I don't need an ultrasound. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic. I am not going to a medical center and putting myself at risk and blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, 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 you're, you're going to make this happen. This is non-negotiable. And I was like, fine. So I went and got a bunch of blood tests done. Those turned out fine. I went and got a mammogram. That turned out fine. Um, and then I was getting the ultrasound and everything was fine until the radiologist came across like my lower abdomen. And she's like, whoa, 
and which so is never a good sign when you're laying in a paper gown on a like really cold metal thing. And she goes, Marie, did you know that you have a tumor the size of a grapefruit growing outside of your uterus? And she flipped the camera around. And I was like, no, I did not know that. And she said, well, that's not the only one. She's like, we need to get you to a gynecologist immediately. So this is November of last year. And it was one of those moments where I was like, A, this sucks. It was terrifying. Without going through all of the details, I'm fine now, but I had to have an urgent hysterectomy. And it was just like this whole season of really stepping back and reevaluating what is really important what is it all for? How am I spending my time? What do I want to say yes to and no to? I know we were joking at the beginning that for years I've said no. I'm like the queen of the no train because I'm just a very focused person. But this whole experience and a surgery and my, uh, my partner was in, a, in Ukraine and got COVID. Like it was just a fuck show and a half for a while. Lost my grandmother COVID. We've all got stories like that. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's gotten me really just so passionate about a topic around time. And I'm coming back to your question. And I was like, I wonder if I'm the only one feeling like I want to really reevaluate everything, mm. how I'm spending my time, what I'm focused on, and how much time do I spend on this thing every single day? How is it infiltrating my life? And so we sent out a survey. Um, and within three days, there was over 7,000 responses about time and productivity and the struggles that people are having right now with burnout and doing too much. And what people wrote brought me to tears and they brought my team to tears. And this is coming to your question. Mm -hmm. So the empathy comes from us staying in very close touch with our audience and reading all of those 7,000 responses and even in our team meetings every week. So we created a new program that actually launches today. I'm just going to, it's called Time Genius and it's fucking amazing. You can go check out jointimegenius.com. We'll talk about that later. But my point is this, for the entire year, every single week, we would pull up a response from the survey and we'd say, okay, this is Julie. And we'd go do research on Julie. And we'd say, Julie has three kids. And we'd look at her social and say, here's one of the lines that Julie wrote in our survey about how utterly exhausted she is. And she doesn't know if she can keep going like this anymore. And so the entire team is then in touch with what our audience, prospective clients, prospective customers are experiencing so that as we're building the product, as we're writing the emails, as we're thinking through everything, we're keeping these real human beings' lives at the center of our heart so that we're truly serving. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. It's like, what were you like? Absolutely not. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. <laughs> That's so good. You know, speaking of your team, really quick, I, we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping up. Don't worry, guys. Um, actually, I don't think you would care if we went over, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't think we're good. We're good. But speaking of your team, um, can you tell us a little bit? I just want to know, like behind the curtain, who, who, who is important? How is it? Because to keep a brand like this and the relevancy you've had and longevity you've had in, this, in, the, in the industry, what are the important roles and, and how's that breaking down? Everybody is, um, I, I feel like I have the most incredible team I have a wing woman, my director of operations. She is like my business wife and my soulmate. 
And she, her and I just think the same way about money, about hiring, about firing, about the direction of the company, but she has a completely different skill set. She is so unbelievably focused and organized. My head of um, production is someone who's been with me the longest and she just gets me on every level, but she runs all of the video production, the storytelling. Like she, I, she's a magician. I don't even know how she's like inhuman to me in the way that I'm like, she's magical. But everyone on our team is so good at what they do. And it's not like we have, I think at right now, it might be around the 25, 26 mark. But what I get really excited about doing at this next phase, and we've had as many as like 45, we kind of go up and down depending on, on what's happening, how we're all feeling, what the needs are. But what I'm getting really excited about as a business owner is actually working with small outside agencies for different specialties. I find that that's really um, a sweet spot for us. Uh, we have an amazing content team, so people that I'm super close with that we create together. I'm a very collaborative creator, so I will throw down tons of ideas. I'll write tons of ideas, and then I want my content team to make them better and say, where are there holes in this? What did I miss? Is there something that I'm writing right now that is fucked up and tone deaf? Tell me. But seriously, do you know what I mean? Where is there something where... Because I, I get really passionate, and I have very strong opinions. I'm from Jersey. I'm not, you know, obviously, <laughs> I cuss a lot, right? So I don't want Jersey. my passion or sometimes my rough edges to kind of take a message that would otherwise be really effective. So, you know, that's how we work together. So I don't know if that fully answers that's your question. Perfect. Yeah. But, yeah. but so we're super collaborative and, um, and not a huge team. And now that we're like right near the end, I want to know, so the traffic and conversion of it is really unique in the sense that it's action oriented. Yes. And so I want to ask if, if you had to say, Hey, you, everybody in this room, go do this one thing right now. What would that one thing be? Okay, so I'm going to do this. It is both self-serving and you-serving. This is only if any part of you has been struggling with overwhelm, feeling overstretched, feeling overcommitted, like you don't know what to focus on, you don't know where the ROI really is in your business or what you should be paying attention to most. Um, I'm doing a free masterclass this Thursday and Friday. If you go to jointimegenius.com, you can sign up. It's awesome. Get the replay. But I've been thinking so deeply about this because I want to see entrepreneurs succeed. And I'm watching so many of them get crushed by overwhelm and going like, oh my God, I need to do everything. You don't need to do everything. Simplify to amplify. When you identify some of the key things that you and you alone should be focused on and you can turn off the rest of the noise, not only can you serve more people, not only will you make more money, but you'll actually have success with sanity. And I think that's where this world needs to go and we need you to lead the way. So as the business leaders in this world, because that's what you are, we want you to model that success. We don't want you burning out. We don't want you being overstretched. It is possible, trust me, but we need to break out of the current time paradigm and we need to embrace something new and live into it and model it. Amazing. And if people here who I'm sure everybody follows you anyway, but if they want to follow along with the journey, how are they connected kind of with you? Yes. I mean, at Marie Forleo on Instagram, the main website is marieforleo.com. If you're excited about Time Genius, go to jointimegenius.com. Amazing. If you thought this was amazing, can you please give Marie a ton of love? Oh my goodness. Everybody, Marie Forleo. Thank you so much.
Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.